the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together as always. A lot happening in the world, a lot happening in the world, but I'm going to predict something for you today. It's what you need to know. It's a big one, and it's going to be a big story now. In a couple minutes, we'll talk. Uh, part of it is John Schlafly informs what I'm telling you because he's got a great column up on this very topic. Also, we'll talk today with uh, Chris Shimolinsky from NumbersUSA.com about the immigration issue and a lot more. But first, what you need to know, what you need to know today is very simple. It's very simple what you need to know, and that is lawfare is about to break out. And the question will become... How well the narrative machine, how strongly the narrative machine frames what happens to influence the public. But so here's what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. The Fulton County, Georgia, uh, I guess, grand jury, that's the term for it, will um, sub, will will publish, will endorse by a vote of its members a report and the report, I believe it is, it will be termed will, the report will give a recommendation as to indictments. And the Fulton County, Fulton County is the most Democrat county in the country. It includes Atlanta, but it's also very, very Democrat, not just Atlanta. That's the capital city. That's the capital of the county of Fulton County, but it's also a large county. I think it's more than a million people. Um, not a sure exact number, but they will come out with. A, a recommendation, a report to indict President Trump as well as some of his people. That's going to happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. And it will be taken up by the prosecutor as it's instructed, and they will proceed along those lines. Now, what, we heard Michael Cohen, the lawyer for Donald Trump years ago, who's no fan of Trump's now. He's broken with Trump. He said... Any indictment like this will be only to Trump's. Uh, it will only help Trump because he'll be able to say, "Look at this; they're targeting me." Now I happen to think that's right that they are targeting him, but I'm not sure how it'll play out. And here's why: Michael Cohen is right about what is normal, but nothing's normal anymore. So how will the mainstream media, big media, big tech, and big government work together? In this case, big government is relatively little, meaning it's a Fulton County; it's not the feds. But what should happen is big government in the form of the U.S. Congress and others should push back on counties doing this, on weaponizing the system against declared candidate for U.S. president. This is John Schlafly's point. What you need to know is it's 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 not slowing down. The use of the law against we the people is not slowing down now. Perhaps it was always done this way. You know, perhaps if you went back and could kind of 
I don't know, put a lie detector or or somehow get clarity on what the world was like? Was J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover using the FBI against Martin Luther King Jr. certainly seems to be so. Is it true that uh, the CIA was was uh, in cahoots with with uh, Cuba and others to uh, to assassinate uh, JFK? I, it's, there's something going on. We don't know yet because we can't get to the bottom of that. But what we know now today is that the law is being used against we the people. It's weaponized against we the people, and it's not slowing down. We, we had FISA court uh, applications where they were lies. We had steel dossiers that were lies. We had the Hunter Biden laptop suppressed in, co- in coordination with uh, Twitter uh, by the FBI or by the intelligence community. We have the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. You can go down. It's one after another where the narrative machine, big government, big tech, and big media force the American people to hear, to experience, to understand a truth that they pick out. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. It's their truth. Perhaps the largest, the most devastating one is January 6th, which has been used as basically a civil war moment. And it's an absolute abject lie. But my point here is we're watching this. It's not getting better. No one is shamed. No one is slowed. No one is uh, 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 kind of um, uh, embarrassed or uh, modifies their behavior because they've been caught and identified. No one cares. In fact, it's the opposite. We have people bragging about, quote, unquote, fortifying the election in 2020. In other words, using every aspect of the law, using every aspect of money. You got Zuckerbucks flowing. You got inside games going. You got judges deciding, others ignoring. And when those people say, oh, we fortified the election in 2020 so that it was, it was, you know, so that it could be protected, what they mean was we rigged the game, but we're such good people we never broke the law. That's what they want you to believe. They're people that would, these are people that will lie about Hunter Biden's laptop and Russia, and they'll lie about Trump, and they'll lie about Matt Gates, who's been cleared of all that stuff. They'll lie, lie, lie. And somehow, people that lie all the time stop short of breaking the law. They say, they say, they say, drop boxes, mail in ballots. Last-minute changes of the law, et cetera, et cetera. Documents disappearing, observers not being allowed to get close, et cetera, et cetera. Charges, like the obstruction of official proceeding felony charge used in the January 6th cases, it's outrageous. All these different things that are happening, and it's not slowing. It's not slowing. What used to be termed broadly as due process that you could rely in America on due process, the system not being allowed to be used against you because of our Constitution, because of our federal Constitution, and that due process, it it limited states from getting out of control, it limited local jurisdictions. You had certain rights and certain aspects of our freedom were protected by due process. It doesn't look that way anymore. It looks more and more like if you are not in the friendly class, if you're not in 
the ruling class, or say it better, if you're either not a part of the ruling class or a friend of the ruling class, friend of the ruling class, the fork, if you're not either the ruling class or the fork, friend of the ruling class, you're in deep trouble. You're, you're either on the outside in terms of prosperity and wealth, opportunity, or more troubling, maybe more likely, is if you resist, you'll be punished. You'll be punished with a lack of, you'll be punished with a, uh, the destruction of your reputation, your career, your family, your blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's where we are. What you need to know is in the next 24 to 48 hours, Fulton County, Georgia, is going to produce a, a vehicle for which our federal government, our state governments, our big government can work together with big media and big tech. We won't get to the bottom of China spying. We won't get to the bottom of China's TikTok brain change that they're doing to us. We won't get to the bottom of any of those things, but we, we won't get to the bottom of corruption in the Ukraine. We won't get to the bottom of the swamp. We won't get to the bottom of a debt ceiling fight. Nothing. We will watch the narrative machine force onto the American people the indictment of, of a, a candidate a major candidate for office. You talk about election interfering. You talk about improper influence. You talk about lack of due process. It's all in our faces and they are shameless. They are without shame. They are without shame. And woe be the Republicans, conservatives, non-lunatic Democrats, whatever the term, whatever banner you, 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 banner flies above you that you're not in the group that thinks this is appropriate. If you don't stand up now, if you don't find a way to demand something, stop. It's, it's like, say, oh, well, Trump's earned it. He's very unpopular, you know, and uh, DeSantis can win anyway. They will do this to DeSantis. They'll do it to Haley. They'll do it to Pompeo. They'll do it to you, me. They, oh, by, and by the way, one of the most egregious ones is Flynn, what they did to General Flynn. These are, these are people who are using the law every day in every way. They're not slowing down. It's accelerating. It's accelerating. It's a disaster for our country. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with uh, John Schlafly about his column and then Christian Malinsky of Numbers USA. We'll get an update. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. That's what you need to know. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch in, catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly writes a weekly column at uh, townhall.com with his brother, Andy. It also is archived over at phyllisschlafly.com. That's where John uh, and I both work. He's one of the senior leaders there at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. This week's column, John, Don't Let Prosecutors Hijack Democracy, uh, goes into how there are prosecutions. Uh, there are grand juries in the waiting. We're hearing about a grand jury in Atlanta. There's a grand jury in D.C. Before we get to uh, the details, John, I think it's the second or third column in the last two or three months on this topic, which is to say this worries you. You, you, you're, you're, this is a problem. You're, you're writing about this. I know we've talked before and I've said, I've floated ideas on calm topics. You say, yeah, I don't think that the, I don't think people are, are interested in that. We need to talk to them where they are, what's important. This, this one worries you. Well, it is a worry. And uh, to be honest, uh, Ed, uh, I, I don't think that the, 
the MAGA base, to use a you know to use that term, is uh, sufficiently attuned to this because this is serious and it's a wide-ranging, uh, multifaceted uh, threat. And uh, what's bringing this to a head is the fact that in Atlanta, this Fulton grand jury, which has been pending for about a year, uh, they've the judge announced that it's a part of its report. It's going to be released, you know, tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, we're if we're talking on Wednesday. That right. the report is supposed to be Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, and everyone expects that the report will recommend indictments and indictments of Donald Trump and his supporters for. You know, I would say that the whole uh, alleged crime is completely half-baked. It's really shot to be laughed out of court. But we're dealing with a situation where uh, a candidate for president of the United States can be totally tied up in the court system. And uh, we can't let prosecutors effectively uh, interfere with our elections that way. We John, just, we just yeah, John, but John, John, to, John, to clarify for a second, the, the thing that I you, you talk about people understanding it, we're talking about a, a prosecutor in a very Democrat county. Right. So this is a this is an elected official at a very local level, but in a very Democrat county, Georgia's uh, it's Fulton County. Um, so to me, to make it sort of stark to people, it's a little bit like D.C., Washington, D.C. It's about 85 percent Democrat and Fairly stridently so is that I, I don't know the numbers, but my point is this is not a um, uh, a prosecutor of, of a 50 50 county who's come to a conclusion. It's it's really your your sense is this is politics over prosecution, but the use of the office. Right. I mean, that needs to be part of this. Yeah, 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 I think that's right. And we've got a you know similar situation going on in New York City with Alvin Bragg, who is, you know, is dredged up an old uh a claim from 2016 that he's trying to transform into a new charge. And then, of course, there's in D.C., where Merrick Garland has assigned a special federal prosecutor, Jack Smith, who's by apparently working on an effort to charge Donald Trump with obstruction of justice. And that start began with the raid on Mar-a-Lago, but uh, that Mar- the Mar-a-Lago thing seems to have dissipated Somewhat, uh, because they found classified documents at Joe Biden's house, and so therefore that they've had to pull back on that. But they've got plenty of other things in the federal uh, toolkit to charge uh, Trump with, and the whole goal is to prevent him from running in 2024. That's the goal. You got to keep that in mind. These prosecutors, federal and state, they're all. Uh, on the same page, yeah. the goal is to dr- prevent Trump from running, which means prevent the American people from voting for him. That's John, not John, a John, democracy. To, yeah, John, to clarify, uh, Fulton County, e- e- even looking it up on a w- Wikipedia page, Fulton County is described as one of the most reliably Democrat counties in the entire nation. Uh, in 2020, 70, 72.5% voted for the Democrat uh, 67, never less than 67 in the last 20 years, 67% Democrat. So it's a very, very Democrat. Uh, Atlanta is the, the county seat. My point here is that 
you're seeing this uh, a pull. What people need to realize it's a it's a it's a division. It, New York is fully fully blue. It's you know you run for office by saying you're going to uh, be partisan. You know the the attorney general up there, Letitia James, ran saying as a candidate, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna force uh, Trump out. John is 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 there a um is there a tradition? Is there a history? That's a better word for um blocking this kind of stuff. Um, from happening or is this sort of either a feature or a bug of our system where the states have these uh, uh, ability to do their own thing? Because it looks to me like, as you say, you're going to you're going to indict the president who's running for office and change the election. Exactly. You know, we've never really seen anything quite like this before, I don't believe, in America's history. So we really have to ransack our constitution and legal structure uh, to see what tools are available to defend against this. And we may have to come up with a new plan because the challenge is new. And so uh, we threw out in the column a couple of ideas, but uh, the, the bigger question is whether a prosecuting attorney in one of the 4,000 counties, jurisdictions of the United States that have prosecutorial authority can effectively, uh, you know, swing the, an entire national election, you know, based on their own, based on by dragging a candidate into court like that. Now, of course, in theory, in theory, there is nothing to prevent. I mean, people like to say nobody is above the law. And in theory, uh, uh, you know, somebody committed a crime, they can be charged and prosecuted even while they're running for office, in theory. But that theory, you know, I think that's unrealistic to what is going on right now. Today, well, and, 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 and the founders, John, contemplated the fact that they're, the members of Congress, uh, uh, when they were doing the business, they, they had to be uh, allowed to do the business, even if they were jerks or or even, you know, uh, did things that were uh, above the law, I think. I mean, so that that's not there is some tradition. Let me point out, John, we're talking with John Schlapley. One of the ideas was that uh, and I, I like this a lot. The Georgia legislature could actually get into this, just like I used to say to people that the federal, the U.S. Congress could get into taking jurisdiction away from the Supreme Court if it wanted to. There's no reason that the Supreme Court should say our jurisdiction is every every possible issue we want to look at. No, you're, you're limited by what the Congress grants you a jurisdiction to. The Georgia legislature, as you point out, could could pass a law and, and, and the president, uh, excuse me, the governor's a Republican could be signed by him that says, hey, look, you know, you put a hold on things like this, these uh, grand juries until after the election season. Uh, that seems That's to be- true. That is so true, Ed. And, you know, our, our, our miraculous United States Constitution is extremely robust in terms of the, of, you know, the, the checks and balances and the di- distribution of power. And so there's always a way to address, um, you know, uh, political issues, even if they were not uh, specifically foreseen by the men who met in Philadelphia 100, 250 years ago. So, you know, but we got to, you know, the people who see this coming need to get prepared to deal with it. That's the the question here, because we can't sit back and pretend this is not happening. It is happening. 
Do you think, John, that is it your assessment? Again, we're talking with John Schlafly himself, an attorney. He writes his column with Andy Schlafly, his brother, also another attorney. Is it your assessment that this is coming? I mean, you're not saying this is hypothetical. You're saying they've teed this up. There's no other reason to do it. Uh, You know, again, knowing politics is part of the trick here. There's no downside for the prosecutor of Fulton County to uh, recommend indictments or a grand jury to recommend indictments. There's no downside. There's no, you don't lose your seat. You're not going to be uh, uh, shunned by the bar. You know, in fact, all those things are the opposite. You're going to be praised and given awards. So is that your read on things? Well, that I think that's true. I think that's the intention. Now there are multiple steps in the process and there could be glitches. Uh, you know, this special grand jury, which is not a real grand jury, you know, they all, all the special grand jury can do is recommend an indictment, not actually issue one. So, uh, and the special grand jury, uh, I've read has 23 citizens on it. You know, they'll have to take a vote. Um, and we'll see what happens. Well, they have taken a vote to a report, to adopt a report. And what we expect to find out is what the report recommends. And then there's multiple steps after that. But the point being, time is short. Really, time is very, very short between now and the next presidential election. You know, John, you talk uh, about the weaponization of the DOJ, um, which is, I know, a a topic of Jim Jordan's committee up there and the Judiciary Committee in the U.S. House, Congressman Jordan of Ohio. But, you know, um, the weaponization of the law, the the, the sort of use of lawfare, whether it's to fortify elections or to silence uh, protesters, I've 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 talked about it over and over again, including up to members of Congress about this charge that's in the that's being used in the January 6th defendants. It's an obstruction of official proceeding. It's never been used the way it's being used. It's basically being used to say if you protest in a way we don't like or on an issue we don't like and you disrupt an official proceeding, meaning everything from counting electoral votes to counting ballots to i don't know having a hearing we're going to charge you with this felony I, that's how it looks to me but th- this is this lawfare is s uh is accelerating not decelerating and i think that's part of your point um yeah that's exactly right ed and uh and the 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 number of uh you, you remember i mean some of your readers may have if they're old enough, may have read Gulliver's Travels in yeah. when they were in school. I guess that's not taught anymore. But one <laughs> of the tales, well, allegories in Gulliver's Travels was this giant who was tied down by a swarm of little people, and and uh, with with strings that effectively, you know, prevented uh, uh, the giant from action. Well, that's what's happening to Donald Trump. It could be because. Um, and, but, um, we've, we've got to, you know, it's going to take a concerted activity by the American people who care about our country and our constitution to basically save America. That's what it amounts to. Yeah. Um, all right, John Schlafly, as always, uh, thank you uh, for coming on to talk about this. The column, of course, is is over at uh, townhall.com, but it's uh, also archived at, at phyllisschlafly.com. Don't let prosecutors hijack democracy is the name of the column this week. John and Andy Schlafly. Thank you, John. And we'll talk again. Uh, I think, you know, to hear John say it, I, I, what he's on to and what is the most important part of that to me is, I, I, and we didn't get to this, is are they 
uh, MAGA people? Are the Republicans, are the conservatives ready? Or are we just watching this come? This train is coming down the line and it's going to it's going to hit hard and it's going to uh, be weaponized by the narrative machine. Big tech and big media will say, oh, wow, uh, you know, this former president's been uh, recommended for indictment along with blah, blah, blah. And uh, are we ready to push back on this? Anybody thinking creatively? So uh, there's a lot there. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with our old friend Chris Chmielinski over at Numbers USA. He's the vice president over there. Haven't talked to him in a little while. And the issue, uh, Chris, certainly seems to be popping up. And I, I hate to say it now with some people running for president on the Republican side, uh, there's even more conversation. I think Nikki Haley made some comment or opened her uh, part of her uh, campaign with her immigrant her immigrant story. And, and uh, anyway, I think the issue is coming up in the politics of the day, but certainly along the border. So uh, Chris Chmielinski again is over at numbers usa and uh chris uh more interesting now uh, i got some of this this new gallup poll what does it say about the american people forget the swamp what do the people think about the immigration question and what's happening yeah well uh first thanks for having me on and yep. and yeah the, the this gallup poll um it, it's an interesting one to follow because it monitors the trend yeah. Uh, they've asked this question for for a decade, I think, the same exact question on a regular basis. And and it found that um, only 28 percent of Americans are satisfied with our current immigration system. Everybody else is dissatisfied. And the vast majority of those two thirds of those people that are dissatisfied with our immigration system want fewer immigrants. So it's not it's not that they're. They're, you know, they're anti-immigrant um, per se. It's just that they think we have too much and maybe we should have a little bit less. Um, Chris, are the, when you say that the numbers, again, we're talking with Chris Chmielinski, who's over at Vice President and Deputy Director at Numbers USA. NumbersUSA.com is their website. Ton of information there. And as you mentioned, one of the things you do is track this issue over time, the, the response of people. Um, ha- first, a threshold question. H- how do you... I don't know, interpret the data when the media is so uneven. I mean, you know, they'll cover a Chinese spy balloon for days on end and the border's literally being overrun. And that's not, you know, that's going to get you some time on Fox News and, and maybe uh, and, and maybe uh, One America News, but not much more. So can you trust the data when the, 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 the narrative machine is so strongly towards uh, clickbait? Well, that's what I find so interesting about this Gallup poll. Um, and, and there's another poll, too, that actually asks a similar question, um, except they they actually attach uh, numbers to the level of, of of legal immigration. And and that that question is asked every two weeks. And it has found consistently that Americans want want less immigration. But the fascinating part is you're right. The mainstream media largely ignores everything that's going on on the border except for this weekend when the January numbers came out and they were championing the Biden administration for for significantly reducing illegal border crossings. Um, interestingly, though, not one story happened to mention that the levels, the, the level of apprehensions made at the border in January 
was still twice as much as what was normal under the Obama administration in the worst of years, in the worst of months under under President Obama. So, I, I mean, these numbers are still at near historical levels. Yeah, they're just a little bit better. But but somehow that information is still making its way into the public. You know, Gallup did break it down by party. And, and obviously you, you saw huge support for reducing reducing immigration levels from Republicans. But you also saw it from Democrats. It's not a majority but the number of Democrats who now support reductions has gone up from the last time that Gallup asked the question. So it, you are seeing it across all party lines. Some of it is just a reaction to, to the administrations. They viewed Trump as being, you know, trying to stop all immigration. Uh, so people said, well, if Trump's going to stop it, yeah, I want some. So I want right. more. Um, and now they see the Biden administration pretty much just allowing in everybody. And they say, well, I don't want everybody here also. So I think we need to lower it. Yeah, well, Christian Malinsky is our guest. Uh, he's vice president, deputy director over at Numbers USA, NumbersUSA.com. Um, uh, but so first, and even worse to me, is the Biden administration is is basically hiding the numbers. They're playing sort of uh, hide the numbers. They say, look at this number. It's really low when we when they also admit that they have changed the rules. And basically, if you go into an online portal and you're an illegal immigrant you know, headed to the border, you can sign up. We know the numbers aren't changed. They're still huge numbers. But 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 Chris. The, into all this, we get Lindsey Graham and Dick Durbin proposing a, a new amnesty. Um, and the amnesty that they're proposing is conservatively, in my opinion, two million people that are here illegally get amnesty. Um, they always go to the Dream Act to try to make the saddest sob, sob, song, but, sob story. But, you know, Lindsey Graham... He's made his name in the last couple of years. He, he, he's been a supporter of Trump. He still is, even in the face of his, uh, his colleague in, in South Carolina, Nikki Haley, uh, running. And, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham was out front on the, on the abortion issue and, and pro-life and pretty clear on that to the, sometimes to the chagrin of some people that said, let's be quiet right now. He was doing his regular, uh, uh, limitations on abortion bill, but here he is standing with Dick Durbin. It feels like we're back. I don't know, five, 10 years ago where we're about to have the Republicans say, Hey, we'll come along and make a deal. Our, 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 and, and the public isn't with them. That's the swamp. So the public isn't with them. And yet the Republican Party still going there. Yeah. Yeah. Because not only do you have not only do you have Senator Lindsey Graham working behind the scenes on this, but you've also had Tom Tillis pushing for it. He said a couple of times, the senator from North Carolina, that right. we have a worker shortage. We need to bring in more foreign workers. We need more affordable labor. Um you know that, that that's the way that that he has he has talked about it, um, and 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 you're right. Interestingly, the last time Gallup's poll, um, or, or one of the past times that Gallup showed this this level of people dissatisfied with with immigration levels and wanting it to see it reduced, was in 2013 when the Senate passed right. uh, a, a right. massive amnesty, and and if it weren't for that weren't for Dave Bratt winning, beating out Eric Cantor in a primary, it, it, it might have become law, might have gotten right. signed into law. So um, there, there is this disconnect. And, and the thing that I find odd about the timing with the DREAM Act is you mentioned Fox News a few minutes ago. Lindsey Graham has appeared on Fox News and said there should be no talk of amnesty or guest worker programs or any of that until we deal with this border crisis. And here he is throwing his name on on a bill now granted he's he's joined durbin in the past four or five congresses introducing this legislation right. so it's not shocking but yeah. but certainly 
did he forget about all those times he went on Fox News and said, we're not going to do amnesty until we fix the border crisis first? Well, and the timing and the timing of it is, you know, you're you're talking about a new house and they're, you know, right. they're going to struggle with a bunch of uh, uh, fights over the debt limit. And they're, you know, this and that and the other thing. And and again, um, from from my standpoint, when you look at the polling like you're in where again, we're talking with Christian Malinsky uh, of, of uh, Numbers USA, NumbersUSA dot uh, com. Um, if you go and uh, and you look cl- uh, these numbers, the public is not happy with what's happening with immigration and the border. And the solution coming out of the swamp is the one that it, it hasn't worked in the past. I mean, it's what got us Trump. I mean, it's what got us. Uh, and I'm happy about it. I'm happy about that movement. Um, but it's it's as if they forgot the, the parties that be. I, I don't think they did. I think they know this is one of the ways to do the playbook. Uh, what happens next, though? I mean, Chris, you know, you, you guys at Numbers USA, you're you, you know, you do have a position. You want lower immigration levels, but you're really astute observers of this. What happens next? next i mean are we going to see um you know are there democrats that are going to try to run for re-election that are going to be publicly saying this is a bad idea i'm thinking maybe mansion in west virginia or even cinema in arizona is biden going to try to change anything uh or just are they just going to say they're doing better and hope that the public never knows and the media plays along well yeah i i think i think at some point in time somebody's got to they're going to have to come they're going to have to face the truth here and and say, yeah, I, I I don't support what's been happening on the border, but what exactly have you done? You know, I don't see any votes coming from from Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema or even legislation from that matter that that would that would solve the border crisis that we're we're, we're currently witnessing. You know, Cinema has been part of an effort to throw money at the border, but throwing money at the problem isn't isn't going to solve it. Well, you could say, well. Trump threw money at the border, too. But, yeah, he threw money at the border to try to build more fencing, (laughs) Um, which which has proven to at least slow down. You know, it doesn't it's not going to stop illegal immigration, but at least it slows it down. And it also creates some some pressure points. So Border Patrol knows where people are able to cross and where they're not able to cross. So you can better control and be aware of of the illegal border crossings. Um, But just certainly. You know, we we could use a lot more Border Patrol officers, but we don't need more Border Patrol officers if all they're going to do is is process people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If they're right, if they're going to do social work. I mean, it's uh, the point is that that's not that's like um, when we grow our military and we say we've got the largest standing military and and some high percentage of them are now, you know, uh, and uh, I'm not saying anything bad about them. I'm saying that we're asking them to be social service workers and instead of being right. and doing a, a, an enforcement job. Uh, uh, Chris, are you guys? optimistic i mean you've been through these battles i mean numbers usa has been around for a long time fighting and and are you optimistic are you concerned is the you know i i one of the things about the maga movement which i think was in line with some of your key positions is it's a little bit fractured in that a lot of the maga movements waiting for you know trump's campaign to take off and some of it is is drifting around other places are you optimistic about where we are yeah, I I would say I'm cautiously optimistic. And, and and the reason for that is because on the House side, jurisdiction over immigration comes from the House Judiciary Committee and you have Jim Jordan. Right. <laughs> 
you know, you mentioned MAGA. There's one of the biggest MAGA cheerleaders out there. Um, so and anything that happens uh, with regard to immigration reform, it's got to go through his committee first. And he's certainly going to be a leader, a leader on the issue, even though he's he's focused on a number of other issues. Um, we're also optimistic with with Representative Green leading the, the Homeland Security Committee, which has some jurisdiction over over the border region. So we do think that there's going to be some legislation that does come up in the House, whether or not they can get it through the House. Again, cautiously optimistic that Republicans will stick together and at least pass it on 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 with 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 party line support and maybe even get a couple of Democrats to jump on board, too, that that have shown some concern over the border crisis. Um, the, the, the Senate, you know, we'll we'll see what happens once it gets over to the Senate. But again, if you can't get the bill through the House, then 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 the Democratic controlled Senate doesn't really matter. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. The, the good thing is it was included in Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America is it, it was addressing the border crisis. So so I think there's some commitment from leadership to make sure that they do do something um, within the next couple of months. All right. Well, uh, listen, yeah, thanks, Chris. And thanks for being out there. I know I got early morning today that you were available to talk and uh, jumped at the chance. Christian Malinsky, the vice president, deputy director over at NumbersUSA.com, uh, NumbersUSA.com. You go over there and you'll see a lot. They've got uh, grade cards on members. You can find out more, but also the details, the details on what's happening. So thanks again, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break every way we come back. I'll put, by the way, I'll put up on social media and make sure I get uh, uh, links to all those that I mentioned there. We'll be right back. Uh, Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The Associated Press style book is more than just a set of guidelines for journalists. It's a shield behind which leftists in the media hide in order to use language that supports their leftist ideology. To them, every story is another opportunity to propagandize for their preferred causes. If you think I'm overstating my case, just take a look at the most recently released guidelines from the AP Stylebook regarding abortion language. As you might expect, the term pro-life is prohibited. Instead, journalists are supposed to use the term anti-abortion, in contrast to the other side, which is supposed to be referred to as abortion rights advocates. In a war on language, being anti-anything is a much weaker position than being the one fighting for someone's rights. In my mind, the most egregious recommendation comes from a section governing the use of fetus versus unborn baby. You might think that they would completely ban the use of unborn baby, but that's not actually the case. They start the section by explaining that human development up to 10 weeks is scientifically referred to as an embryo, while human development from 11 weeks through birth is referred to as a fetus. After mandating that these clinical terms always be used in the abortion debate, the AP style book includes this little caveat, which gives away the entirety of their bias. Quote, the context or tone of a story can allow for unborn baby or child in cases where fetus could seem clinical or cold, end quote. An example they give is, quote, Weiss said her love for her unborn baby was the strongest feeling she had ever felt, end quote. In other words, when you're trying to make pro-lifers look silly, use cold clinical terms and fall back on scientific naming as your excuse. 
But when you aren't talking about abortion, it's okay to call the baby what we all know it is, an unborn baby. This is the fight we're fighting for language. Conservatives would do well to recognize it and never to surrender the linguistic high ground. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators whose slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Leave it to my son uh, to remind me, one of my sons, to remind me because they're watching the days off from school. They're off uh, on Monday, uh, next Monday for President's Day, President's Day. And so that reminds me to talk to you about the rail splitter, the rail splitter and old Abe. My friend John Cribb, the author, a phenomenal author of two books that are historical novels and they're wonderful. And they're about Abe Lincoln. And the rail splitter is out new. Uh, it's about the early life of Abe Lincoln up until the time he runs for president. The second one is called Old Abe. And that's about his time in uh, the presidency and, and the campaign. They're just phenomenal. Two, two books together. They are, they should be sort of required reading for you uh, for your uh, President's Day and others. And if you have somebody who's a Lincoln fan or a president, you know, loves these presidential uh, uh, kinds of uh, topics, it's a great book. It's uh, two great books, two great books. I hope you'll consider reading it. We're going to have, I have some interviews with him. As you know, I did a couple of interviews with John Cribb in the last uh, couple of months. I'll run at least one of them in the next couple of days uh, in anticipation of the weekend and President's Day. So, uh, listen, thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley of The Answer San Diego, our producer. Thank you to Ryan Height of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles for associate producing. And thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.